All right, good morning, Christ Church. I'm Pastor Bob, lead pastor here at Christ Church. Not sure that it was exactly like the first Palm Sunday, but it's a, a celebration and a parade we can all enjoy today. And uh, that's what we're going to do today, is we're going to spend our time uh, looking at that first experience uh, of Palm Sunday. And it's really appropriate for us because uh, we have just been in that series about temple steps uh, and, you know, Jesus sitting on those temple steps and having that conflict and reaching other people and, and uh, teaching there on those temple steps. And uh, Palm Sunday, the experience of Jesus entering Jerusalem is the first day of that experience. This is what makes those teachings all happen because he arrives in Jerusalem and he goes into the city and he goes to those steps and teaches. So today we kind of go back to the beginning uh, as we look at the experience of Jesus uh, entering into Jerusalem uh, and uh, having that great experience, we now call uh, Palm Sunday the first uh, day of that last week uh, of his life. Now, as we get to the experience itself, uh, it's really important today that we understand that, that he has been preparing for this experience uh, for a long time. This isn't just a, a one-day kind of deal, that he's been really uh, preparing for this experience. We can see that. We get into the gospel. We get into the gospel of Luke. That's where we've been on the temple steps. We're going to stay there. Uh, the Palm Sunday experience is in all four of the gospels. Remember, the gospels are those first-hand accounts of Jesus' words and deeds, his, his life experience. Um, and so it's in all four, but we're going to look at the gospel of Luke mostly because that's where we've been. Uh, so if you go in the Gospel of Luke and you go all the way back to chapter 9. Now, the Palm Sunday experience, Jesus' entry, takes place in Luke 19. But if you go 10 chapters earlier to the end of chapter 9, you get this great, uh, this, this great observation that says, At the time, As the time drew near for him, Jesus, right, to ascend to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem, at the end of chapter 9 in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus sets his face, that's another translation, sets his face toward Jerusalem. He makes the absolute commitment in his ministry that he is now headed to Jerusalem. And we see that continue uh, in his ministry. Now, he's going to have 10 chapters worth of ministry where he's teaching, he's healing all kinds of diseases, right? He's doing what Jesus does. But all the way along, as he's going through this experience, he is headed toward, he is committed, resolutely committed to getting to that experience of Jerusalem. And so you go to chapter 13. It says, Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he went, always doing what? pressing on toward Jerusalem. What's his end goal? His end goal is Jerusalem. That's where he's headed. That's what he's driving for. That's what he is absolutely, resolutely uh, committed to, right? And we see it on and on that as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, right, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. He'll even go through Samaria, the place where no Jew would want to go, especially a young rabbi. <laughs> the place they would not want to set foot. And yet he is willing to go through. He is willing 
to get to Jerusalem. He is absolutely and utterly committed, resolutely, to get to Jerusalem. Do you see how this is building? Do you see how he's just totally in, totally committed to this? And even as he arrives, right? We get into chapter 19 now. Even as he, he's, he's arriving uh, into the Mount of Olives and, and right with Jerusalem in front of him, he says, after telling this story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking where? Walking ahead of his disciples. Do you get the, do you get the understanding that, that Jesus knows exactly what he's doing and where he's going? that he is pressing on, he is pushing toward, he is resolutely committed to that experience of coming to Jerusalem. And then he gets there. He gets to Jerusalem. He's, you know, goes through the, the, the villages and he arrives now at the Mount of Olives and he looks down at Jerusalem, right? And there it is. It's laid out right in front of him, right? This, this place that he's been so eager, so urgent to get to, so dedicated to get to. Now it's right there. It's laid out in front of him, right? He is looking down from the Mount of Olives, right? And this is the Mount of Olives looking back from Jerusalem, right? So he's up here at the Mount of Olives and the Kidron Valley is running in between and Jerusalem is laid out right there in front of him. And you get to this pinnacle moment that he's been pressing on toward and now he's arriving. And what does he do? As he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples ahead to do what? Go into the village over there, he told them, and as you enter it, you'll see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden upon. Untie it and bring it to me. Now, you got to get the moment, right? He's been pressing on. He's resolutely set to get there. He gets there, and he does what? Stops, hits the pause button, and says, go get a donkey. What? <laughs> go get a donkey. Can't go in till I got my donkey. It's like, what? What is going on in this moment? Two things. You ready? Two things. One, Jesus knows that he has pressed toward Jerusalem, and he knows that the Father has prepared him for this moment. How does he know that? And why does he need this donkey? Because back in Zechariah 9.9, right? So the prophet Zechariah, 500 years before this day that we've come to call Palm Sunday, 500 years before this, Zechariah prophesies and says the Messiah is going to come. And when the Messiah comes and when he comes into Jerusalem, he's going to come in and he's going to be riding on, guess what? A donkey. You see, everything is moved towards this, not simply since chapter 9 of the Gospel of Luke, but 500 years earlier, the Father was laying the groundwork for this day and for this moment. And Jesus understands he's not going into Jerusalem until he can have that donkey and fulfill the prophecy. Everything is moving as it has been expected. Everything is under control. Second observation, how does he know? That is, how does he know that as he sends those disciples to go get this donkey, how does he know on that particular day, at that particular hour, 
All they have to do is walk into that little town and tied up at exactly the right place at the right time in the right moment. In all of this experience, there's going to be a donkey just sitting there and waiting for him. How does he know that? And beyond that, he even anticipates any of the owners who put up a little guff about the whole experience. He says, listen, if anyone asks, why are you untying the colt? Just say, look, the Lord needs us. He even is in the details of understanding that the owners might have a question about this, and he is absolutely prepared for that moment. Now keep in mind, there's no texting, there's no cell phone conversation, right? There's no telegraph around even at this point, right? He is absolutely prepared for this moment. Everything is set in place for this moment. Jesus is absolutely in control of this moment. And they go and they find the donkey. So they went, they find the colt, the donkey, just as Jesus had said, just as he said. What does this tell you? Jesus is absolutely in control of the situation. I mean, think about it. When have you ever known Jesus to ride a donkey? I mean, before this, if, if you, you think about his experience in his ministry, when, when has he ever done anything like this before? When has he ever ridden a donkey? I mean, he's walked everywhere, right? I mean, yeah, sure, he's been on the boat on the Sea of Galilee. He's walked on the water. But when it comes to walking on the ground, he has walked absolutely everywhere. And yet he pauses here and says, no, need the donkey. You see, Jesus is absolutely aware and in control. He understands what needs to be done. There is absolutely nothing that is happening that is beyond him. Even the smallest detail. It says they went to get the donkey, and sure enough, remember he warned them, if anybody says anything, if the owners kind of put up any, any resistance to this, here's what you say. Sure enough, as they were untying, the owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? Even down to the smallest detail, he is absolutely prepared for this moment even down to the objection of the owners of the donkey. What does all this tell us? Here's the big point. You need to grab onto this today, especially in the midst of everything that we're going on in our lives right now, especially when everything seems so out of control right now in our lives. There is nothing in our lives that catches Jesus by surprise. He is absolutely prepared. None of what we're going through right now, this whole experience that we're in right now together, none of this is a surprise to Jesus. He is prepared for this moment. He's prepared you for this moment. You, you may not have known it was coming, but he did, and he's been in your life. He's been preparing you. You are capable in this moment as a Christ follower. Nothing that happens in our lives is going to surprise Jesus, and nothing is beyond his capabilities and his control. Nothing is beyond him. And so it was on that Palm Sunday day. Everything transpired. He pressed toward Jerusalem. He got down to the smallest of details. And everything went just as he said. Even when they questioned and said, wait, 
wait, what are you doing with the donkey? All they had to do is say, look, the Lord needs it, and the owners of the donkey just let it go. They just let it go. Now keep in mind, this is a precious possession. This is an expensive deal, this donkey, right? This is a young donkey. He's got lots of years of labor yet in front of him. This is an important deal. And yet the owners of the donkey simply let it go. There is a word for us as well. Not only is Jesus prepared for everything, not only is it that nothing surprises him, but for us it is to just let it go. Just let it go. And so they just let it go. And if you, you uh, need examples of that in people's lives, we get the example of John Wesley. John Wesley was uh, the guy who started the movement that became called Methodism, gave birth to the Methodist church. Uh, and while he was in ministry, one day word came to him uh, that his house was burnt in a fire, right? And John Wesley's response, classic, excellent response was, well... The Lord's house burned. One less responsibility for me. <laughs> he was able to just let it go. He knew nothing was beyond. Nothing was beyond Jesus' capability. And so he could say, let it go. He's not the only one. Get the experience of this guy, Martin Luther. You've heard Pastor Andrew quote him a couple times. Martin Luther, right? The guy that started the Reformation, right? The guy who eventually gave birth to the Lutheran church. Uh, he said, I have held many things in my hands and have lost them all. But whatever I have placed in God's hands, I still possess. See, here is the challenge for us. For many of us, we are in the midst of this struggle and we're carrying a lot of worry and we're carrying a lot of anxiety and anxiousness. And we just need to remember, nothing surprises Jesus. He is absolutely capable. He has prepared us for this moment. And we can simply let it go. Put it in his hands. Trust him. Just let him be who he is, Lord of lords and King of kings. Now, if you need one more little push in that, the people on that day did just that, right? They brought the donkey before Jesus, and they let go of their garments. They put their garments on them. You need one more little push beyond that to get there, to understand how easy, how important it is just to let it go, that Jesus is capable. Think about this. Go back into this experience with the donkey. It says they went there. He says, go, you're going to find the donkey. It's going to be tied up there. And this isn't just any donkey. This is a donkey that no one has ever ridden upon. Okay. Not a donkey expert. Admit that up front. But Help me out here, people. Is it a good idea to get on a donkey that nobody's ever ridden? I mean, what? what's the expectation around, okay, donkey never ridden before. Here you are, big day, big moment. You're prepared for, the father prepared for, for 500 years. And on this day, you're getting on a donkey that nobody has ever ridden before. I mean, this kind of conjures up for me images like coming out of shoot number four, Jesus on Tornado the donkey. I mean, what do you expect? By the way, Tornado was one of the most successful uh, rodeo bulls ever. 
uh, threw off like 220 cowboys trying to, trying to ride him until finally, one guy finally rode him, right? But, okay, side thing. <laughs> the important thing is to remember, Jesus is capable. Jesus is capable. Nothing is going to surprise him. And even in this moment, he is able to do what seems so beyond us. Like this, down to the smallest of things, to be able to get on that donkey and to ride in Jerusalem. He is capable. And so for us, it is, it is the simple thing of let go. Being able to just let go and trust Jesus knows what he's doing. Hey, I'll be honest with you. I've had to do some of that in these weeks, right? I mean, uh, so here's what's been going through my mind in these weeks, right? I'm, I've been thinking about, wow, here we just built this big expansion with these big worship rooms, and guess what? I'm standing in one of them this morning, and it is empty. That's right. It is empty, right? And yet we, we stepped into this in faith and trust, and we built this big expansion, and now it's sitting here empty, on Sunday morning. God, what are you doing? But think about it. If we had not taken this step, if we had not gone ahead and built this expansion, we also wouldn't have put in all of the technology that allows us this morning to come right into your living room. We wouldn't have all this incredible technology that allows us to get into your living room and your neighbor's living room every single Sunday morning and all during the week so you can do story time with Sarah and jump and youth and all the stuff that we're doing in this different way. If we hadn't taken this step, if we hadn't stepped into where God was leading us, we wouldn't be capable and prepared to do what we're doing this morning. And think about it. Because of this opportunity, and I say it, it's an opportunity. Everybody is sitting at home on Sunday mornings, and they are an absolute captive audience, and they're looking for hope. And next Sunday morning, Easter Sunday, they're going to still be in their homes, and they're still going to be looking for hope. And because we built this expansion, while the rooms may be empty here, the opportunity for Jesus to reach into more homes is present. We can reach more people this Easter by reaching into their homes than we could reach by bringing them all into this building. This may be the very opportunity for us to be able to finally, when that day arrives, when we do gather together, to fill up all these rooms. You see, Jesus is absolutely capable. He knows exactly what he's doing. And what we do is we just step in and we trust him and we let go. We just let go and trust him more than anything else. What do we do? We step into it, we let go, and we just praise him. Just praise him. We can let go of all the worries and the anxieties and the, and the things that are hounding at us in this experience. We can just step into that and say, Jesus has got it. He's in control. It is an opportunity for him. And what do we do? We just praise him. That's what happened on Palm Sunday. 
they just started praising him. They put their garments on the, on the donkey. They put their garments on the road. They put the palm branches down. They praised him and they said, Blessed, blessed, uh, blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. They just simply praised him. And not everybody understood. The disciples, those closest to him, it says in the Gospel of John, in that account, the disciples didn't understand at the time that this was the fulfillment of prophecy. They did not understand everything that was taking place. They didn't understand what was going on in that particular moment. You may not understand. We may not understand. But we know Jesus is not surprised. He is prepared, and he is capable, and he is with us, and we can just trust him, let go, and start praising him. Just start praising him. I want to just give you that invitation this morning to just start praising Jesus in the middle of what we're going through together. Just praise him for not only what he's done in our lives in the past, but for who he is and what we know he is prepared to do in the future. In the midst of what you don't understand, just go ahead and praise Jesus. Just praise him. Now keep in mind, all of this happened. All of this happened with Jesus on the Mount of Olives, on that donkey, riding into Jerusalem because he had resolutely set his face toward Jerusalem. And remember, Jesus knew exactly what he was getting into. If you go back to that chapter 9, right, where we said he resolutely set his face toward Jerusalem. You go back to chapter 9. It's right in that same place that he sits his disciples down and he says, we're going to Jerusalem and the Son of Man is going to suffer many terrible things there. He's going to be arrested. He's going to be betrayed. He's going to be killed. And on the third day, he's going to rise again. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what was in front of him and he resolutely determined to go into Jerusalem. He resolutely committed himself to go into Jerusalem even though he knew what was going to happen. If you wonder what's going on, if you wonder if God loves you in this time, if you wonder if Jesus is committed to your life, you need to understand he is. He absolutely is. Just remember Palm Sunday. He committed himself to go into Jerusalem because he knew what was going to happen to him and more important, he knew it was the path to your forgiveness and to your new life. He knew. And he was absolutely committed to your life, to your forgiveness, to your abundant life that only he can bring you, to something greater than everything that happens to us in this world. Does it mean we'll experience challenges? Sure. Does it mean we'll experience disappointment? Absolutely. Does it mean in the midst of this crisis, as we get through this crisis, we're going to have things that we lose? Yes. But we will never lose that resolute commitment that Jesus has to our life. Some of the Pharisees, they tried to stop it. They tried to stop him right there in the moment. And Jesus says, listen, 
It can't be stopped. If they kept quiet, if they, if they stopped praising me, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. If they shut up, it's not going to stop. Nothing is going to stop this. The stones will even cry out. Imagine that. When's the last time you heard stones crying out? I don't mean the stones with the little speakers in it. I mean stones crying out and praising. You see, nothing is going to stop Jesus' absolute, resolute commitment to your life and the forgiveness that he won for you because on that day when he stood on the Mount of Olives he went in amidst the praises in absolute control knowing everything that would happen he went in and if he can make those stones cheer he can create some joy in the midst of this challenge I know it's challenging there's fear, there's anxiety, yeah, there's going to be disappointment. But let it go. Let it go. Trust Jesus knows what he's doing and nothing surprises him and he is resolutely and absolutely committed to your life. And he has won your forgiveness and the new life only he can bring. Let's pray. Father, thank you uh, so much to be so absolutely and resolutely committed into our lives. Uh, we don't always understand it. Uh, we don't always uh, uh, know the whys of things. And yes, we'll experience uh, disappointment. And yes, uh, we'll have to let go of things. And, and yes, uh, we'll, we'll struggle at times. But none of that. None of that changes your absolute commitment to us. So, Lord, help us in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of everything that's going on, even beyond the crisis, in the midst of life itself, help us to just let go and to just trust you, to trust that nothing surprises you, to just uh, trust that you even to the smallest detail, know exactly what you're doing and you are working in our lives. Help us to just receive that absolute commitment you have to us. And so today, let us step into praise in the midst of the confusion, in the midst of what we don't understand, to just simply praise you for not just what you've done in the past, but who you are, just who you are in the knowledge of what you do in our future. So Lord, we join the voices of those of ages past and we just raise our alleluias. We thank you and we praise you for the forgiveness you won for us, for the life that you bring to us and the hope that only you can bring in the midst of this chaos. We let it go to you and we trust you. In Jesus' precious name, amen.